right, I'm going to get us started, ladies. Welcome to Praying Outside the Box, and happy St. Patty's Day. I forgot. So you guys are going to have to pinch me when you see me. I don't even, I don't even have green underwear on. I'm, do I have what? No. Orange. Who came up with that? Did you just make that up, Kimberly? Oh. Nope, I got all black. I'm like, I'm goth today. <laughs> Can you tell? I'm so goth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's all good. This is how this is going to work, actually. <laughs> Welcome to our madness. Um, uh, we are going to talk about prayer today, um, and I have a, a wonderful panel that's going to help me out. Um, and it's really an open dialogue with the whole room, and it's pretty informal. And to kick us off, I want to um, kind of expand, possibly, uh, the definition of the word that we're using today, prayer. Sometimes we have a, an idea of what prayer is or what it is not. And for some of us, prayer means, you know, sitting down quietly, you know, talking to God with my list. Um, for some of us, it means I pray with my Bible study group. For some of us, it means um, I pray when I go to worship. And those are all definitely forms of prayer. But today, how do we expand even outside of some of those ideas of what prayer is? And in order to do that, I want us to be thinking um, more broadly about the word prayer, that when I'm using that word, I'm meaning any way that we connect with God. Um, so noticing God, um, awareness of God, sensing God, um, his presence, and how I connect with that in some way. That's what I'm meaning by the word prayer today. So we're just going to explore what that looks like for some of us, and we're going to ask you what it looks like for you, and it's just kind of a fun conversation. So I will kind of moderate with some questions along the way. If you have questions that pop up, these gals may um, ask each other questions, and we're just going to dive in. So first of all, my panel, um, my name's Laura, by the way, and I get to be a part of this conversation with these lovely ladies. This is Amanda Smith. Uh, I've known Amanda for a while um, as far as we do some creative projects together here at church. We're in a discipleship group together, and so I'm exci excited for you to hear from her today. Jess Basham, I met uh, 10 years ago in the Middle East. She and Rob served over there with our Middle East uh, team, and we have a partnership with them. And then they uh, moved to Salem recently with their four kids, so we get to have them here with us all the time. And then next door to Jess is Marie Howard. Uh, Marie and I now share an office wall. So she sits outside of my office. And so, yes, yes, Marie is not quiet. And that's okay. We figured it out. Um, Marie's gone to our uh, Salem Alliance for over 25 years and has served in a lot of different um, ways and capacities. And so... Um, she's going to be sharing about her uh, connection points to God. And then Haley, I've just started to get to know. Um, Haley and I uh, ha have a shared history, actually, that we just found out about recently. Um, her grandparents' home when she was growing up was a home that my husband and I bought. And she was really mad at me for doing that, even though we'd never met. She's like, no, you're the one who bought my grandparents' house. What? <laughs> So that's our little joke between the two of us. Uh, we share a passion um, regarding helping others recognize God's voice in their lives. And so we've been able to connect on that point. 
So my first question for the panel to kind of get this kicked off is just a, a pretty general question. It's what are some of your favorite ways to listen and connect with God? Some of your favorite ways, okay? So Amanda, I'm going to have you start us off. Um, one of my favorite ways is at the ocean where I can be itty bitty tiny um, and see the powerfulness of the waves. Um, and then one of the other ways that has been over the last couple of years is through art um, and reflective art, which is what I do, um, and having God just speak to me through that and teach me through that. For me, I like a lot of variety and newness. So um, I think uh, my favorite ways to connect with God is constantly changing. Um, so sometimes it might be uh, in the past where I'd go on runs and run these races and this was my time with God. Now that I'm done with that, done that. <laughs> um, some of the newer stuff, I uh, realizing this, I like love drum beats and was a dancer before, hip hop dance. And um, then now I'm learning the cajon and in worship, I always notice the drum beats. It sounds so weird, but finally like coming to this place of the feeling, the passion that comes out of these beats and doing that, I'm really worshiping God and connecting in that way. Um, another way is uh, science. So my, I have my degree is a science, in science, and I, I just love the, the vastness and the mystery of from the universe down to the tiny cell and how the muscles and bones and the body or the uh, fascinating studying that stuff. When I was studying for my degree, it was just felt like worship to me. None of those things apply to me. <laughs> I'm pretty constant. It's probably been the same for me for since college, at the very least. Um, and I would say caregiving is the way I find the most joy in my life. Um, I'm a, I'm similar to Jess. I'm a little bit I'm eclectic as far as um, how I like to spend time with God. But a couple of the ways that are really refreshing to me. Um, Whenever I get alone time, I have three little kids, so whenever I get alone time, it's, like, amazing, um, whether it's at a coffee shop with my journal, um, being around people, but, you know, just spending time with the Lord, or I have a, a rug in front of a fireplace at my house that's, like, my sacred space where I'll just sit down on my rug with my Bible open, just open, just, like, sitting in God's presence, listening, uh, spending time quiet and still, um, and then... A lot other times it's just worship, like blasting some worship music, dancing around my house with my kids. Um, worship always brings me right into God's presence. So, walk out in the woods. Cool. You have a swing in your backyard, like a big tree swing. Yeah, yeah, love it. Others? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go be with the people. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Never one of my favorite things in the past. And then I went to the Middle East for 12 years and didn't have corporate worship at all. So when I came back here, I was able to sing in a group that big at Salem Alliance. I just bawled the whole time. I forgot what it was like to be with other believers, like sing like that, and now I have this new, I still ball most of the time, because <laughs> I just had, was so deprived of it so, so long that I didn't realize the treasure it is. So, I agree with you. <laughs> uh, growing up, uh, I think there was definitely a box that I was kind of taught as to how to connect with God, and I'm hearing um, in our 
are sharing already, um, something that was not taught to me, and it's that mind-body, the soul-body connection. And so, you know, there's the drum beat and the dancing and the art and the, you said cats and horses and, and we're going on walks and going on runs. And so just noticing how um, our bodies are part of how we connect with God and that I'm learning that skill set. And I, it sounds like we all are a little bit. Um, that it's not just about what's happening in the brain, um, but it's the whole being. Um, so I want to ask another question here about, um, so I kind of grew up with that box, and maybe some of you did too. And so the question is, um, what has legalism looked like for you? And then how has freedom come? And so this is not a question to trash our churches that we grew up in or our parents. It's all of us find boxes wherever we go, Right. This just happens. It's a human thing. And so just learning to recognize it and um, um, see it as legalism sometimes and as constricting and then noticing what freedom can feel like and sound like. So that's that's my question for us. I'm going to start at the other end. All right. Yeah. So um, for me, the difference between legalism and freedom for me looks like authenticity. So um, coming to the Lord in an authentic way. And for me, that's different day to day. Uh, what I need, you know, on one day might be a walk and fresh air with the Lord. Another day might be I need a hot cup of hot chocolate and to be completely alone. Or I, I need to be with friends and talk about him and process what I'm learning or um, whatever. And so for me, like legalism looked like this is how you need to pray. You have to make sure that you um, say what you're thankful for. You can't have too many requests because that, you know, God doesn't really like that and that will kind of upset him, you know, right? Um, you have to make, make sure you acknowledge who he is. You know what I'm saying? There's always like, this is how you pray. Um, and so breaking free from that has been amazing too, that God, God can take my mess. He can take my untrimmed prayers and accept me for me. And um, I can come to him authentically um, with what I've got that day. And he loves it and so that's what it's looked like for me. Um, I think to start on the joy side, joy is understanding probably just, I'm, I'll be 65 this year, so probably just 20 years ago, maybe a little more, that God wants me to be joyful in all situations in my life, right? And I grew up in a church that um, was in the box praying. Somebody said, right, you have to close your eyes, you have to sit, you, you know, you have to, when you sing, you sing you know, just as I am 45 times at the end of the service, and if you're not old enough to know, it's a great song, but you don't ever have to sing it. It's really okay with me. I've had plenty. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's great, but so um, that is sort of legalism, the fact that there is a prescribed way that we do things every Sunday, and when you go home, there's a prescribed way to read your Bible, and there's a prescribed way to do it all, um, and the freedom is that in probably the last 15 or 20 years, I've learned that I can really raise my hands if I want, and if I want to stand up, I can. And if nobody else does, I'm good with that during worship because I love worship, and ergo, I love tech. And sometimes even up on tech, I stand up, and then I don't punch the slides fast enough. But, so I have to sit. But, um, but, you know, that is fun for me. I guess that's the freedom is the fun of it. Um, so that would be me. For me, even saying the saying annoys me because it's conventional but the I feel I always have felt like the square peg in the no the round peg in the square hole you know what I mean um so I messed it up so that's better um <laughs> 
so it's a kid, and I just remember growing up in these church with that, you know, some of that prescribed stuff or um, never feeling fit for me. So I always felt like this bad person, like always felt like, and all the way through, because I've never been very conventional. I mean, people through college, through high school, it's just like painful thing for me where people are like, I don't even know how you, you say you're a Christian. I don't even know how you could say you believe Jesus because I just didn't look like, you know, what it was. Um, and of coming to this freedom as I grow in God as I'm getting older um, to just be okay with what I am. And then God likes me and created me that way. And it's great. Like, I don't have to be a certain way. Um, I grew up Catholic, and um, there are a limited number of pre-approved prayers that you say exactly the same way um, anytime you pray them. And um, that's what I thought prayer was, was the pre-approved. So if I needed to pray, I needed a script of some sort because I can't just talk to God. Um, so, um, freedom has looked like spontaneous prayers and prayers that look really ridiculous and, um, lots of different ways that don't even include words and, you know, those kinds of things. And, um, I hadn't actually even noticed it until I've not, I had not at this point ever prayed with my parents spontaneously. It's always the scripted prayers. And, um, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer and I said, mom, can I pray for you? And she was like, sure. But she was prepared for like the, our father or the, you know, like something really scripted. And I just started praying and she looked at me and she was like, you can do that. And I was like, yeah, we can just talk to God. So as we were sitting here, I, I remember thinking, I, I know that for me, one area in my life I've wanted to grow in is my spiritual discipline, just being disciplined, right? And we all want that. We want to be so disciplined in reading our Bible every day and praying every day and spending time with God. And as I was, I was just sitting here, I was thinking, I am probably way more disciplined than I actually think I am because I do spend time with God regularly. And I am, I am religiously pursuing him in my way. And so just an encouragement, too, that that you know, even though maybe it doesn't look like sitting down at a desk with your lamp on, um, maybe explore and, and be aware of when you are connecting with God, because it might be that that's exactly how he wired you to connect with him. And it's good to grow in our spiritual disciplines. It's good to grow in our understanding of the word and, get, you know, be washed in the word every day, but not in, like, but in your own way. For me, a moment of freedom... Um was pretty significant was I was on a walk with God and I was just learning to kind of more recognize his voice in my life and me talk less and listen more. And um, as, as I was connecting with God, I felt like he was giving me pictures about what he was saying. And I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. And for me, words have always been hard. Like there's so much going on in my head or in my heart that I can't really put into words. I can't find the words. It's almost painful to have to put it into a complete sentence. And for God to start giving me pictures and not have to use words with me or I don't have to use words back at him, I was like, I want to do this kind of prayer. It's not the hard, laborious work. And so for me, being out in nature and seeing what God made and how he made it and how that's metaphors for how he relates to me. I can just be in it and not have to articulate it in English. That was freedom for me. So um, next question. I'm going to start with Amanda. Um, you mentioned art. And if you would talk us through some of your pieces. And the question is, 
how is your art prayer? And you can just go at that however you wish. So um, I brought some of my pieces. Um, that <clears throat> My most recent series is this hand series. And I find that um, I end up having something that I study. Um, so a study of various things. And right now I'm studying hands and being held. Um, I have also studied waves. There's a wave in this one, if you can see it. It's kind of cattywampus, um, the wave itself. Um, <clears throat> I also have, and I don't have it with me because I gifted it to the person that I had um, painted it for, but I also did a study of bubbles, um, which doesn't sound super spiritual, um, but it really was. So um, she was headed off to a uh, trip overseas in a in a leadership capacity with high, uh, college students and to a country that has potential to be dangerous. And she was really concerned about it. And we both prayed, we prayed together. And I said, you know, I just see you kind of in this bubble, like this safety bubble. And I'm just gonna send you off in your safety bubble and go on this trip, right? So while she was on the trip, I painted bubbles and I painted them lots and they're super um, so anyway, so I don't have that one, but I did a study of bubbles. Um, this, the bigger one, is um, probably the more traditional looking or sounding kind of prayer incorporation. Um, so the study of bubbles, I was thinking about her and praying about her the whole time, right? Envisioning her in these bubbles and, you know, those kinds of things. Um, choosing words to bless her with. This one, actually that same friend, um, made, I don't know if you can see, but in the middle of the the woman are origami papers, pattern papers. And um, she uh, wrote me a prayer for every week when I came back from my sabbatical. And they were all folded into the cranes and those kinds of things. And so I opened one every week and um, read her prayers for me. And then I used them as um, texture in here. So there's prayers on the other side of those. Um, and this particular one was one of my first practice runs for being able to um, paint at the gathering, which was a, so the, this series is called We Are His Worshippers, because that was kind of the theme at that point. So praying, you know, scriptures and um, then those particular prayers as well. Um, and then right now, I feel like I'm learning to be held. So lots of hands and hands are hard. Um, and this particular one is the first hands that I did. And it is actually a redeemed canvas, which is what I call it, when I have done a piece or I have done demonstration um, on a canvas in classes that I teach or those kinds of things, and I don't love it. So I just keep working with it until I get to a place that I, that I love it. Um, and these particular hands, probably not to you, but as I was painting them, um, ended up looking like my grandpa's hands. And he, is, uh, he was a safe haven. And so that was an interesting thing that God gave me the vision of his hands when I'm learning to be held um, by Jesus. Maria, I'm coming to you next. <clears throat> How is caring for others a form of prayer for you? Give us some examples and stories. Um, one thing that's really hard for me is prayer and Bible study. That isn't something that floats my boat. I, I love it. Don't, I'm, that sounded bad. <laughs> I learn a lot, and God blesses me when I'm in his word, no doubt about it. And when I enter in prayer, no doubt about it, he answers for me, and he listens. So that's not what I mean. But it is not something that comes natural to me 
in any sense of the word. It is a struggle for me. I, um, I'm going to just point at Sue over here who's in my Bible study, and I'm, sometimes I listen to her, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need this woman in my corner because she's a prayer warrior. And uh, that's very different than who I am. Um, that, I mean, I pray for you, but you want Sue praying for you, right? <laughs> On her knees, praying for you. So that's hard for me, but God helps me with the joy and the communication through giving to others. Jennifer, I asked her, can I tell the backside of the story you share all the time? And that is, um, if you've listened to sermons and my guesses and women's events, she's talked about a person that came and picked up her laundry when Abigail was so sick. And her mom had recently been diagnosed with cancer, so couldn't do what grandma did, which is help love on your kids and your grandkids in a variety of ways. And God really allowed me to step into that role um, at that time for Jennifer. Oddly enough, I still go to her house, and if there's laundry piled up, I still fold the laundry. It just is a part of who we are together. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, but the yeah, but the backside of that story is, as much as it blessed Jen in her season of life, my joy was huge for me. Um, and then came along the Garlingers. And if you know Nick and Susan, they have an amazing young lady by the name of Sarah who we always had dates with together with Abigail until the girls got old enough to go to school full time. And then Miss Marie had to give up the dates. And we only get them every now and then because they're old and they're getting busy in their lives. Um, but they also have autistic twin boys. And um, as my season with Jennifer is still there, but in a different way, my Susan with or my, my season with Susan is here. And it is my delight to be able to go over and um, help her with those boys, with all three kids, but it, it primarily is the boys. I think they're 10 now. Um, so that's been from birth until 10 or from birth until 11, almost 12 for the girls and from birth until 17 or 18 or high school or however Josiah and Titus and those guys are now. But um, it, for as much as it gives to them, it just fills my heart. And it gives me lots of things to be thankful for. It gives me chances that God says, Marie, you could really do this through a variety of ways, but also it allows me to see ways in their lives that they would never ask for prayer, ever ask for prayer. They wouldn't think of it, honestly. Is that, I mean, you wouldn't think of it. I mean, like, I see Jennifer's really tired today. God bless her and help her to stay awake tonight, right? She wouldn't ask anybody for prayer for that, but because I'm in their lives... Um, at no cost to me, except personal joy, um, I'm able to get to know families, have kids in my life. I'm single and don't have any kids. God has provided kids like this all through my life. Um, and um, it's just an amazing thing. It really is. Have I forgotten anything except that you can stand up to pray? You can stand up and have your eyes open to pray. Did I? Mm -hmm. Jeff taught me that. <laughs> That's my one word to you guys, is you know you can pray with your eyes open. I thought of that last time. I was like, I remember the epiphany I had years ago when I was in a prayer thing with Jeff, and he says, well, I'm going to just go pray around this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, how's he going to do that? He's going to bump into the walls. I, I, what do you do? Do you stand with your hand against the wall and follow the room around? And I said, can I go with you? And he opened his eyes and read scripture and prayed. So my other thing is you can pray with your eyes open. Yeah. Life Lessons from Marie Howard. 
Uh, Jess, how is studying about the body prayer for you? Um, <clears throat> so I got my degree in exercise science and health promotion. So it was a lot of nutrition science and um, how the body works, anatomy, physiology kind of stuff. Um, and when I was studying just the, I mean, right down to the, the basic atom or like the cell structure, how intense and how they work together with all these hormones and enzymes all the way up to like bone. Like bone is made of this material that we can't even comprehend how to make from our own. Like, um, and so just studying those things have on that maybe smaller, and also to me like the atomic level, the quantum level up to the like, you know, the universe level, the cosmos, even that it's just like contemplating and sitting in both the tiny detail and the utter vastness can be both terrifying, but awestruck as well. Um, and for, I love the mystery of God, obviously. Like, <laughs> but just sitting in those things and contemplating, and I'm, I'm a real big feeler, but I'm also a real big analytical person. So I, sitting with God and just saying, what, how, why does the universe keep expanding? That terrifies me. But then you care about my little cells. Like, I, like um, so just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. You sit in it, and it's, it's that. <laughs> Haley, you mentioned at our last session that you're probably a sensate, like um, feeling, touching things is important. So how is a warm, fuzzy blanket and a hot cup of cocoa, how is that prayer? Um, so, yeah, so um, anything that's beautiful, um, like the crackling of a fire, the warmth, um, fuzzy blanket, comfy chair. Like if I'm comfortable, that is like the best, like the easiest way I can spend time with God. Um, but even like in worship, I can't like just stand there. I have to move. So if you, if you see someone in your congregation that's moving a lot, like maybe that's how they worship. Like that's the only way they can worship, you know, and that's, that's kind of me. I have to just like, if I'm not moving, it's not worship for me for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I, I've learned that about my net. It, it feels kind of first world to me. Like, like, what would I do if I was in a third world country and I didn't have all these amenities, you know, to spend time with God, but there is something about, and I was thinking, you know, even going outside and finding a comfy spot on the ground, like, and being, I, I don't know, around textures, around just hear, even, even what I can hear. And I don't know, all of that just really brings me in God's presence. So. Before I go on with my next question, do you have any questions or comments? Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, I noticed for me um, that God is kind of thematic in my life. So I'll have a season where he just kind of repeats himself about a certain topic. And then later we get into another topic and he won't shut up about that. And, um, and so that's my question. What has God been sort of talking to you about Lately, what kind of themes have risen up for you? And um, I'll share one of the, one of my themes right now is um, the word joy. And um, I'm actually really not good at joy at all. And so that's probably why it's coming up and he won't leave me lo alone about it. I'm much better at like wrestling and figuring things out. And I can talk about my struggles um, easily, but I have a hard time talking about what's lovely about me or what I'm happy about. Like, that's just not natural to me. And so um, 
I feel like he's kind of forcing me into um, joy, and I'm like, no, this sucks. Um, <laughs> I don't know if, I, if you can relate to that at all, but um, just to enjoy, like, have a good life, and, and there's so many good things, and I get to notice them and, and pause and enjoy them and see the good that's in me, and so that's been a theme. Um, actually, uh, at the conference last weekend, uh, that theme came up over and over again at my table, and we just had to sit and pause with that, and so um, kind of a broken record, and at some point, I'll accept it and, <laughs> and learn to like it. Haley, what about you? Themes that God's been talking to you about? Um, recently, it's been identity. Just my worth. He, like, when I just listen, um, it's, sometimes it's, like, uncomfortably so, or he will speak words. Like, there was even a time where he, he like, surprised me with, so, and I'll get pictures, too, sometimes just, like, pop in my head. I actually saw my name, and, it, like, like as if, if it were in the dictionary, like a definition. I was like, whoa, that's interesting. So I sat down, got my journal, ready to write whatever I heard, and um, he started defining my name. And just what he spoke over me was, like, life-changing. Um, so he's, he's, he does that quite a bit recently. In, in past seasons, it was a, I went through a season of repentance, and God was bringing up very gently, very kindly, in a loving way, just, okay, this is where you're stuck, and you need to ask for forgiveness, and you need to, I want to move you past this point. And, and then before that, it was even um, listening prayer itself. That's, that same topic kept coming up and coming up. I want to be with you. I want to talk to you. I have things to say. So he, yeah, those have been kind of my themes over the last few years. Um, I am learning. I'm a very slow learner. Um, God really has to often have a, a, one of those bats and you know that the donkey gets hit with in order to get my attention, and He's had to do that a couple times in my life, and it broke me. It really did. And I, you know, those were the desperate times when I really found Him in a new way. But um, what I'm not good at is listening to the still small voice, to the niggling, to the Marie, you know, you can get there from here, but if you'll listen to me, it might be a better way. It might be not the best, way, uh, not a better way, but it could very well be a better way. You know, we're studying about Paul who's gone through this odd journey, but he's listening. I am really not good at that, and, and he really keeps reminding me that I'm missing a lot of things, blessing, ultimate blessings by not listening to that still small voice. For me, I would say the, the themes for the last two years for me have been um, uh, restoration and rehabilitation. Um, uh, so moved to Salem about a year and a half ago, almost two years in the summer. July will be two years. And I um, <clears throat> was in the Middle East for 12 years before that. And I loved what I did there. It was awesome. But it was also very challenging and very difficult. And so when I, we were leaving the field, um, we were leaving at a time where it was really great. We loved what we were doing. Um, but I remember God just speaking the word to me, okay, but you're going to go to the States and it's going to be restoration and rehabilitation. Awesome, you know, and I jump, come here, and I just jumped into a million things. I'm a doer. I'm not a rester. So, like, rehabilitation restoration for me was meaning rest, healing, both spiritually, emotionally, physically. Um, but I'm not naturally wired that way. I want to do things. I want action. I want fun. Um, so... 
that first year of being here in Salem, I just filled my schedule up with tons of things. What am I going to be here? What am I going to do? Not recognizing the transition from one major life thing to another. And at the women's retreat in October, or whatever it was, uh, I just really felt God saying, like, okay, what about, oh, me saying to God, like, what, ha- what about that restoration rehabilitation you had for me? And he's like, it's still there waiting. I'm like, but I'm doing everything you want me to do. I haven't asked you to do that. Like, and so it's just been since October just trying to make decisions. She just let a lot of things go in my life and sit in that rest and sit in that healing, um, even though it's not my nature necessarily, but it's been amazing. And I've actually seen in submitting into that how God has in that said, okay, now I'm going to show you new, new things. So I have this gift of listening prayer, prophetic prayer, um, and him really teaching me giving me deeper into that. And if I didn't have this time of rest and restoration and dealing with my inner crap, there's no way I would be able to go to the depths that he's bringing me right now. So, um, I put a word on mine just in the last session <laughs> based on a comment that um, somebody had made. So I, he is really dealing with me in um, performance so that I don't need to perform um, with him or anyone. So for me, the idea of prayer um, as communication, so my, my day job used to be as a sign language interpreter. Now I'm a little bit different, but that's my, my foundation is sign language interpreting. So I work with words, meaning, communication, connecting people, all those kinds of things all the time. Um, and I'm responsible to make sure that they can communicate, right? Um, and maybe there's some control things there. Um, (laughs) Just from my childhood, like I always felt responsible to make, maybe responsible, not control. Um, I always felt responsible to make sure people understood each other. Um, And so I've just recently, like really recently, when was worship night? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Something like that. Um, Had a worship night where I was just there and um, feeling like I didn't need to communicate anything. I just needed to be in connection with God. And then I don't, I'm not responsible to fill the empty spaces or the awkward pauses. They're probably not as awkward as I think they are, right? Like I don't need to advise God about things or how he should handle stuff. And like, don't worry, I got this planned out. You just need to do what I say because that's not the direction I think that's supposed to go. Um, so just kind of embracing that sit in um, and not perform. And, um, you know, it's semi-annoying that I have lots of opportunities right now where I actually feel pretty powerless. And so I'm having to sit in, okay, I can't do anything about that. So I'm just going to have to connect to you. Uh, here's what I'd love for us to do is take a second in just smaller groupings And so two, three, four, just huddle up with somebody around you and just share a little bit about uh, your favorite ways to connect with God. And then are there any themes that he's bringing up in your life? Um, What's he saying to you these days? And if you don't, if you don't want to answer or don't have an answer, you can just pass and listen to the other people, but just huddle up um, together, twos, threes, or fours, and then I'll interrupt you at some point. What'd you hear from each other? Favorite ways to connect with God? You can tell on each other too. Favorite ways to connect with God? What'd you hear? Anything stick out at you? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Any themes in your conversation you want to share with the group?
What's God talking to you about these days? Yeah. Going deep. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I also want to, like, warn people, if you actually start listening to God, he's, he's going to go there. You know, and that's, I mean, that's a good thing. He's kind and gentle and all of that, and he's going to go there. Um, so, Yep. <laughs> don't fight him he'll fight you back <laughs> you'll lose <laughs> yeah yeah he pursues yep he pursues that healing um a couple more questions for these ladies yeah go ahead yes so um patty i think i see your name you mentioned not wanting to share like you heard things but not wanting to share can you talk about the not wanting to share Thank you, Patty. And you mentioned wanting to be able to share God without fear. And I think an aspect of this is, let me try to find some words here. Um, as we learn that God talks to each person differently, right? We learn our God language. Then when we meet people who don't know God, we remember, oh, he talks to them uniquely. And so we don't have to have a script. Like, okay, here's what I need to tell you about God. Um, because there isn't a script, right? And so you're getting to know that other human that God created and starting to go, ah, oh, how does he talk to this person? And could be, could I be a part of that conversation that he wants to have with them? And then the Spirit will give us, you know, ideas about that. Um, I talk to God with my daughter way differently, or I talk about God with my daughter way differently than I do with my son, because I know how they're wired and what's going to make sense to them and connect with their heart. And similarly with the people that Patty and you all run into who don't know God, could we just be asking, like, what's your language to them? How could I be a part of that? So I think that's a beautiful piece of this conversation. So one of my favorite things right now, I have a heart. You know, I did missions. I, I natural, have a natural ability just to be with people outside of the church, I feel comfortable. I feel more comfortable there than I necessarily do in the church. And so right now, I have this awesome thing, a lady that takes my exercise classes. She's in her 70s. She has her PhD. She's super educated. She is an atheist. And me and her go out to lunch once a month. And we just talk. First, just friends. She just loves me. I love her and whatever. And to me, it's one of the best spiritual moments of my month when I get to sit with her and hear her story and why she came to not believe in God. And I share my story and my realness, my struggles, my doubts, my fears, and speak into the, like her things. And so it's not the traditional, hey, here's the cross, you walk across the cross, because that wouldn't work for her at all. She knows everything about Christianity. Like, she knows it all. She's super educated. But a space for her to be able to say, and she's like, this is, most people I can't ever talk to this about. Like, and so it's, that's an interesting thing where it's like listening to her language, which is intellectual, philosophical. Let's go there. Let's have that talk, you know. And then it stimulates my spirit too. So. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Which I'm thinking too is that um, knowledge is not necessarily transformational as much as experiences, right? So if you said all the right words, that doesn't cause transformation magically, right? It's right. the experience that you're having with her. Okay, I'm going to ask another question. Um, <clears throat> I forget what my question was. <laughs> it's there. It's there. Um, 
we don't all have to answer this question, but the question is, uh, describe a time when you felt really stuck or dry or I can't hear from God. Um, what was that like? What, uh, what was the sort of the pathway out of that? Um, so that's, yeah, that's my question. Anybody on the panel here? Okay. So I, um, just to be real honest, struggled since I was a teenager with bouts of depression and had some major themes of that in my life. So, and when I was in the Middle East in a really hard time, part of that, it's the worst depression I ever had, which actually didn't believe in God anymore, and I'm on the field. <laughs> um, and to say that, so it was a time that I thought I couldn't really dry, in a very dry, actual, physically dry place, um, and felt like I couldn't hear, felt alone, felt abandoned. Um, and it was a long season. It was on and off for a good four years. It wasn't like mostly on, meaning not not knowing. Um, but because I had nothing else to hold on to, I'd still hold on to it. But it's a weird thing because I was talking in the last session even that um, uh, worship music I would try to listen to at that time. I would try to read, open my Bible and read and get a panic attack. I would, so there was spiritual stuff going on. But there was also this thing, I think God allowed that because he didn't allow me to fix it with religious action. So putting on worship songs, the traditional things you did to get out of that stuff made it worse. I, it terrorized me, severe panic, where I could not read the Bible or listen to worship music. Still, those songs that I would try to listen to the shows, when I hear them in worship, I get post-traumatic stress. I get a panic, panicky or anxious, and I squeeze my husband's hand. It's just weird how the body does that. But I'm saying all that to say. Um, so I look, so it was really dry, really hard. God, what the heck is going on? Um, but then I look back, and I, sorry, this is getting long, but... Um, I, the coolest thing in that time is I had a major crash where I had like panic attack after panic attack. I thought I was having heart attacks. I thought I was, something was really wrong with me. Um, and the, the ne very next day, and I had had some experiences with panic attacks before, didn't know what it was, whatever. Um, the next day, I had a great day. It was the happiest I felt in like a long time. And the, t the date was October 9th, and this was like 10 years ago now. But um, um, <laughs> so I wrote down 10-9, I'm great. Next day, crash again, and started this year's thing of crash. And throughout this four-year period, I realized, looking back, God kept giving me countdown numbers, <laughs> which sounds so bizarre, but when I could see, one time I woke up, maybe a few months later, I couldn't sleep at all. I'd be, I honestly went two months without sleeping more than 10 minutes at a time. And so I was hallucinating and craziness, um, and I questioning why would God let this happen to his child, you know, all this stuff. And I, one time I did fall asleep for 10 minutes, had a terrible nightmare, woke up, and I heard four score and seven. And I was like, what the hell? Let's be real. What do you, what? So I'm looking up the Getty Burgers address. I'm looking up Abraham Lincoln, because you know, four score and seven years. Realize four score and seven is eight, seven, so 87. So, so I'm writing these things down, 10, nine, eight, not realizing. Next, and it, it just keeps going where I'm, the only time I'm writing my stuff in the journal is these numbers, and then I saw a pattern. It was like, 10, 9, 8, 7, and then another thing, story for 5, 6, another story, I know, 6, 5, <laughs> another story, 4, all the way down, and then the last, it was March 21st, 321, Steve Fowler was in um, Jordan, I was at a low, I had tried medications, I had a crash again after feeling better for a little bit, and he said, today it's finished, and I'm like, what's finished? I don't know, he just feels like, I feel like God's saying today it's finished, and it was 3, 2, 1, um, and it 
there was still a journey. There was still a journey. But even in that time when it was so dark, I didn't even know God existed. I, can, I didn't even have the faith. He gave me the faith to hold on. That he was talking that whole time with this silly, goofy countdown that you know, I probably wouldn't have noticed if I didn't write it down. It's like, what is this weird thing happening? So, Okay, mm -hmm. my next question for the panel. <clears throat> what are some spiritual practices that have not helped you connect with God, and how did you find freedom out of them or beyond them? Okay. So um, kind of like I said earlier, with prayer, you know, ABC, this is how you pray. ABC, this is how you have Jesus and me time. Um, when I would just like sit down on my bed and open my Bible, read my Bible, pray, even if I did that every day, I mean, it would be, it would be good. You know, you always get something out of Scripture, but um, it, would, it would just felt super dry. And um, something that's actually helped me break free from that is is exploring these other ways um, that that I connect with God. Um, a lot of times it involves trying something new, and I mean, I, one one of the things is dancing, and I've always loved dancing, but I didn't want to be that person in the back of the congregation, you know, um, distracting people or making them feel uncomfortable or whatever. But there's something about for me um, being having the freedom to dance before the Lord and. And even in scripture, the com following the command to dance um, to him. And um, something about it brings freedom in my home, too. It, like, set, it like sets a tone for me. And then after I dance to some worship music and I feel kind of silly and my kids see me and they feel kind of silly, they feel more freedom and they dance. And then it's like, you know, I want to go spend time with God. And it just invites this, I don't know, this, like, freshness, uh, freedom in my home and in my heart. So for me, trying new things does help and 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 um, the box that we've talked about the box is what really I feel like keeps me stuck um, even though those are really great things to do um. sometimes when I pray with Laura because I, I have to close my eyes still because I'll actually I'll get distracted so I, I actually do need to close my eyes but I'll like open and she'll be looking at me. I was like, oh my gosh. She's watching me. And, I'm, and, and when I pray, I just like, I was like, yeah, I was like, get into it. And then I realized everybody's got their eyes open. Thank you. <laughs> Nobody told me. And you can dance for Jesus. In the Middle East, I taught belly dancing classes. And I always say, I belly dance for Jesus. If you can belly dance for Jesus, yeah. you can do any kind of dance. The question was what doesn't work for you, right? And then what did, right? Okay, so what doesn't work for me is guilt, Bible study, and prayer. Yes, amen. Uh, <laughs> so the least successful times that I have in personal living with Jesus on a very spiritual level is when I guilt myself into doing it. Like, you haven't done this, Marie, so every day you're going to do it. And every day when I fail to do it, I feel horrible guilt which doesn't help the next day because then I have to do it. But then if I don't, or I do it at a different time or I do it for five minutes instead of 30 minutes that I've blocked out, um, that, that simply doesn't work for me. It, it just is, it doesn't work. So then I don't do it. Um, grace works. Great. Um, also reminding myself that um, 
I, re I remember for 30 years I was a faithful employee and I would never dream of calling in sick or, or being sick and not calling work and telling them. I wasn't sick very often, but when I did. And it always amazes me that I will make an appointment with God but not call him and tell him I'm not going to show up. And so, um, or that I'm, you know, I promised to pray for somebody and I'm laying in bed and I'm like, oh, right, God, that's right. This morning they wanted me to pray about this and I'm sure you answered it, which is an odd thing to pray, but he did, regardless of my prayer. So grace is good for me. Scheduling, but not with guilt. <clears throat> I would say similar. I I don't really like being told what to do. And um, I grew up in a military household where um, we were Catholic and we were checkbox Catholics, which meant our attendance card is going to be brought up at the pearly gates. And if you don't have enough checkboxes, that's sad. And you don't get to come in. So um, I started rebelling against that at birth. Um, and, uh, and, but still had the, but I'm doing it, I'm rebelling, right? Like, I'm still doing it wrong. I'm not getting the check boxes. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And then when I stopped practicing Catholicism and moved over into, so in the military world, there's Catholics and Protestants. That's it. There are no other names under Protestant. So when I became a Protestant <laughs> um, and heard people like the quiet time and read your Bible and do, you know, because Catholics also don't read directly from their own Bible. They, the priest reads it to you. So like, I'm like, okay, so I have to do this. This is how you be a Protestant. This is how you be a Christian, right? Um, that didn't work for me. And God is not surprised that I am not good at taking direction. He's familiar. Um, but also created me in a particular way that he talks to me in particular ways. And so I think the freedom has, is just continuing to unfold as I accept my identity as an image bearer and that who I am is not out of image bearerness. It is within the scope of image bearerness um, and that he will use it um, for his glory and his purposes. My last question. <clears throat> I do not want you to walk away thinking we're saying, um, don't read your Bible anymore. No, it's really good. Don't, <laughs> don't schedule times of prayer, because um, that's not what we're saying at all. Um, so my last question is, the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus Christ, Word with a capital W, um, lives and breathes through the written scriptures. And so what does that look like for you as you connect with God in these authentic ways, the way he made you, for him to bring his word to you, if that makes sense? And Amanda's shaking her head, so. So I oftentimes am contemplating a scripture or, for example, the first class that I led at um, women's retreat, it was the scriptures of that weekend um, and themes and those kinds of things that come out of scripture. Um, and then oftentimes in kind of uh, free form, you know, work that I'm not necessarily coming into it with scripture, um, I will use actual Bible pages. And I hope that that's not super offensive to anyone, but I will take pages from the Bible and put it into my art. And oftentimes the things that are left uncovered 
reveal some really interesting things, right? So that's, that, that is also a form of found poetry. The things that are left uncovered become a story in and of themselves. Um, and so that's, I'm often contemplating either themes he's brought up in my life or um, actually using the word to create beauty. Um, I think my one in the box thing is I've always loved the word of God. From a little kid, I started studying the word of God because it was always living to me. I love studying. Um, but it's maybe that's even the difference because I'm a real picture person. So I read and I close my eyes and I picture it. Jesus' story or whatever it is, even his parables and just think about, like picture it and get that, feel the senses in my head <laughs> of those things. Um, so it comes so much more alive and I memorize better that way too. Um, I had something else, but I forgot, so. You're supposed to talk longer. <laughs> um, I think for me, I need crutches. And so devotional books are really good for me. Um, Jesus Calling is one of my favorite and almost every time I open that, there is of the, the words are good, but one of the scriptures for the day almost applies to me because I'm not good at memorizing scripture. I'm good at it temporarily, um, but not long term. And the other thing that um, often conceptually God will bring to my mind, especially around the area of loving the unlovable, um, he'll bring random pieces of scripture that I probably couldn't tell you. I know they're scriptural, but I couldn't tell you, you know, if they're in John 3.16, which is the most obvious one, but he really helps me to um, remember that he loves everybody and that I need to, and there are many people that I come across in my day-to-day -day world, even though I'm pretty isolated here at the church, where I'm like, why are they standing on that corner exactly when they could? And I'm like, no, that's not the right answer. The right answer is God loves everybody. So a lot of times it's conceptual, and a lot of times for me it's with a crutch. Um, in the different ways I spend time with God, so, um, for example, like, if I'm dancing at home, um, just recently I was, I just felt kind of under, like, some oppression and just felt heavy, and so I decided I need some freedom here. I started dancing, and I noticed that my, my emotions were almost like I was putting on the armor of God, and it was really refreshing that all that scripture came to my mind, and I was actually kind of reciting it as I was dancing, kind of do going through the motions. I actually went around my house with my sword, and I was like, I looked probably crazy, but but it was so amazing, and it, that's how God kind of brought scripture to me, and, and other times, you know, when you're out in nature, God will speak, and, and, and concepts from the Bible will come alive, or um, and when I'm home alone on my rug, um, a lot of times he'll bring scripture to mind, and I need to let you go to your next class, so we thank these ladies for me. Yep. Thanks for being part of the conversation. Bless you as you go to another session.